0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you all doing? Bab. Ziyadatil imani wa nuqsanihi. Bab. Ziyadah. Increase of al imani iman wa and nuqsanihi. It's decrease. What does it mean by nuqsan? It's from naqs. And what does naqs mean? When something is deficient. When something is less. So nuqsan is when something is incomplete. When something is incomplete, then it means that some of it has decreased. Some of it is missing. So ziyadatul imani wa the increase of iman and also its decrease. Was this mentioned at the beginning of the book as well? Yes. That al iman yazidu wa Now over here Imam Bukhari is clarifying a few more points with regards to this principle and he's also presenting some ahadith as an evidence. Before he just mentioned it as a principle and now he is proving it. How? With certain ahadith as well as certain verses. Now, just before we continue, remember that there are three main opinions concerning the increase and decrease of Iman. Or three main groups, you can say. The first group which are known as the Murji'ah or the Jahamiyyah, their opinion is that all people are the same in their iman, in their belief. All people are the same in their belief because they say that Iman is only tasdiq, it is only affirmation, it is only ikrar in your heart. So the iman of for example, you and I is the same as the iman of the Prophet. Do you understand what they mean? That everybody's level of Iman is the same. A person who commits a major sin, even his level of Iman is the same as the level of Iman of Jibril and Mikael. That everyone's level of Iman is the same. Why? Because Iman is only Iqrar. So even if a person commits a major sin, he knows that yes, Allah is the only Lord. And Jibril also affirms that Allah is the only Lord. So they're the same in their Iman. And they say Iman does not increase and decrease. However, is this correct? It's not correct. Why? Because Iman, first of all, is not just Iqrar. It's not just Tasdiq. But rather it includes actions as well as statements, as well as the state of the heart. And secondly, we know that people are not the same in their Iman. We learned about the Hadith, in which we learned that people will be taken out of hellfire eventually, even those who have Iman that is equal to the mustard seed. And others, their Iman is much greater than that. Then secondly, the second group is of the Mu'tazila or the Khawarij. And they say that Iman also, it does not increase or decrease. They say that either a person is a believer or he is a disbeliever. So if a person commits a sin, he doesn't remain a believer anymore. He becomes a kafir. For example, we learned earlier that we learned about the ayah in the Quran that وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ قُتَّتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still calls them believers despite the fact that they're committing a, a great mistake. However, the Murtazila as well as the Khawarij, what was their opinion? That no such people do not remain Muslim anymore. They've become Kafir. So they say either Iman or Kufr. Is this correct? Why not? Exactly. Because we're human beings and we're bound to make mistakes. We're bound to commit errors because we're human beings. Even Adam عليه السلام, فنسية, He forgot. But did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not accept his repentance? Yes, He did. He turned in mercy upon him. He accepted his repentance. He blessed him. He forgave him. He taught him. So this is why this is incorrect that either person is a perfect believer or he is a disbeliever. The third opinion is of the Al wal Jama'ah, the Salaf al the Salih, they said that Iman, it is not just Iqrar, but rather it includes actions and statements, as well as a state of the heart. And because of that, it's only natural that Iman will increase and decrease. It's only natural that Iman will decrease and decrease. It has levels. Everybody's level of Iman is different. Imam Bukhari says of اللَّهِ تَعَالَى and the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَزِدْنَاهُمْ and we increased them in guidance he's mentioning these verses as an, as an evidence for the increase and decrease of iman this verse وَزِدْنَاهُمْ huda. what is it about who is it about the ashabul kahf إِنَّهُمْ فَتْيَةٌ آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ وَزِدْنَاهُمْ huda. they believed in their Lord and Allah increased them in guidance now what does huda mean Remember two types of guidance. First of all, knowledge and secondly, the ability, the tawfiq to do action. So Allah increased them in action, meaning He taught them, He gave them tawfiq to do something, to perform righteous action. So zidna. Okay, and with the performance of righteous action, with the increase in knowledge, a person increases in his iman. So this is an evidence that iman increases. Similarly, وَيَزْدَادَ الَّذِينَ amanu imana? This is very, very clear that Allah increases those people who have believed in their iman. And then, Imam Bukhari says, وَقَالَ And Allah has said, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ dinakum That today I have completed your religion for you. Akmaltu from kamal To complete, to perfect. So today I have completed, perfected your religion for you. Now with regards to this ayah, Imam Bukhari says, فَإِذَا so when, تَرَكَ شَيْئًا he left something Minal kamali From perfection فَهُوَ naqis Then it will be deficient It will be incomplete Do you understand? That Allah has said that Today I have completed your religion for you So when the religion is complete How does it become complete? When everything has been taught Isn't it? When everything that was supposed to be revealed Has been revealed So if one thing was left out Would the religion be complete then? No If two things were left out Would the religion be complete? No so similarly, if a person leaves out an action, a righteous action, if he leaves out an obligation, then is his iman complete then? No. Then it would be deficient. It would be incomplete. فَهُوَ ناقص. So the evidence of the increase of iman is, وَزِدْنَاهُمْ هُدَى And then, وَيَزْدَادَ الَّذِينَ amanu إِمَانًا And what's the evidence that iman decreases? الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Bukhari? Ahadith. حدثنا مسلم بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا هشام قال حدثنا قتادة عن أنس عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يخرج من النار he will come out of the fire هو من قال لا إله إلا الله whoever that has said there is no god worthy of worship but Allah وفي قلبه and in his heart وزن is weight of شعيراتين. Sha'ira. Sha'irah is a barley grain. Grain of barley. So in his heart is the weight of barley grain. Min khayrin of good. Min khayrin of good. So who will come out of the hellfire? A person who has said La ilaha illallah, and in his heart is iman that is equal to how much? The size of a barley grain. ويخرج مِنَ النَّارِ من قال لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا and he will also come out of the hellfire who has said La إله إلا And in his heart is وزن the weight of Burratin. What is بُرَّة? Wheat grain. من خير of good. ويخرج من النار من قال, And he will come out of the fire who has said there is no god worthy of worship but Allah. قلبه, and in his heart is وزن ذرة the weight of a ذرة. What is a ذرة? An atom. A particle. Min khayrin of good. Qala Abu Abu Abdullah. Abu Abdullah said. Qala Abanu. Aban said. Haddathana qatadatu. Haddathana anasun. Anil Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. Min imanin. From iman. Makana in place of. Min khayrin. So in this hadith what do we see? Waznu sha'iratin min khayrin. Waznu burratin min khayrin. Waznu dharratin min khayrin. In another version. In place of. Min is what? Min Iman. What does this hadith show to us? That people vary in their level of Iman. And look at the difference that has been mentioned over here. Think about it. What's the difference between wheat grain and a grain of barley? Is it a great difference? Not much. It's not much at all. But still, it has been differentiated. So, People vary in their level of Iman. Every person's level of Iman is different. Some people, their Iman is very, very small and others is greater than that. And each person will be recompensed accordingly. And this in a way is very frightening as well. How? That Allah knows the exact amount of Iman that we have. And we will be judged based on that. Not based on what we assume ourselves to be but based on our reality. We might think we have a lot of iman in our hearts, but Allah knows the reality. And if it's an atom's weight, if it is the weight of a wheat grain, if it's the wheat of a barley grain, something greater than that, hopefully, inshallah, Allah will recompense accordingly. Each person will be judged according to the weight of his iman. Hasan ibn Sami Qaisu ibn Muslim an Tariq ibn Shihabin, an Umar ibn Khattabi, anna Rajulan, that a man, min from the Jews, qalalahu, he said to him, he said to who? Umar ibn Khattab, radiyallahu anhu. So, a man from the Jews, he said to him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, O leader of the believers. Ya O Amir, leader, al-Mu'mineen of the believers. Ayatun. There is an ayah. There is a verse. Fi kitabikum in your book. There is a verse in your book that takraunah that you all recite. There is a verse in your book which you all recite. علينا, if upon us, us as in ma'ashar al yahudi, the group of yahud. If it was upon us, nazalat, it was revealed. In other words. If this verse was revealed on us Jews, then what would we do? the khazna. Shortly we would have made اليوم, that day, Eidan and Eid. If this verse was revealed upon us, we would have made that day the day of Eid. Meaning we would celebrate that day because of that verse that had been given to us on that day. So Umar الله عنه he said, Ayu ayatin. Which ayah is it? Qala, the Jew replied, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا That today I have completed your religion for you. And I have perfected my favor upon you. And I have approved for you Islam as religion. And this ayah is in which surah? Surah And Umar Dilanhu, He said, قَدْ عَرَفْنَا ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمُ Certainly we know that day. Meaning we certainly know about the day when it was revealed. Wal makan and also the place. Alla In which it was revealed. We know about the day and also the very place when this verse was revealed. Upon who? Alla النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. And when was it revealed? Wahu While well, he was standing. Bi at Arafah. When? Yawmah Jumurah, On the day of Friday. In other words, this ayah was revealed when? On the day of Arafah. At Hajj. On which day? Day of Friday. Yomu Jumurah. There are many things that can be learned from this hadith. But primarily, what does this hadith show to us? The context in which that verse was revealed. What was the context? When was it revealed? At Hajjatul Wada? On the day of Hajj on the day of Arafah, Friday. And this verse shows that on that day, the religion was completed and perfected. Why is Imam Bukhari mentioning this over here? Because that is when the revelation was completed. In other words, before that it was incomplete. So similarly, if a person performs all of the religion, then his Iman is complete. And when he leaves out something that is mandatory, that is obligatory, then it would be Incomplete. His Iman would be incomplete. And if you think about it, that Jewish man, he said to Umar that if we received this ayah, we would celebrate Eid. And look at the response that Umar gave. That yes, that day is very special to us. Because it's the day of Arafah. The day right before Eid. Isn't it so? And the day of Arafah is so special because that is the day when the Hujjaj stand and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala releases many people from the hellfire. So that is a very special day. So there is a very interesting thing that we learn from this, that blessings, when we receive them, how do we celebrate? By ibadah. And not just by uh party. I mean, there is no harm in celebrating, of course. Which is why the day of Eid is the day of eating and drinking and remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Being happy. However, this ayah was revealed on a day which was very special, on a day that people are meant to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the day when the rest of the people who are not performing Hajj, what are they supposed to do? Fast on that day. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was given victory, what was he told? So this is an etiquette that we learn, that on the receival of blessings, what are we meant to do? Be more grateful to Allah. Worship Allah more. Bab al Zakatu min al Islam. Zakat, meaning giving Zakat, is a part of Islam. Could this principle not be derived from the hadith Buni al Islam wa ala khamsin? That was mentioned very early on in the chapter. Yes, of course it could have been. But Imam Bukhari mentions each and every one of them separately. He mentioned Salah separately, and now he mentions Zakat separately. He mentions Song separately as well, Qiyam separately as well. Why? Because he's giving importance to every single one of the pillars. So, al-zakātu min al-Islam, that is a part of Islam. It completes your religion. If a person does not give zakat, then his religion is deficient. It is incomplete. Wa and his statement. Wa ma illa and they have not been commanded. Illa except. Meaning people have been commanded to do what? Liyarbuddullaha that they should worship Allah. But how should they worship Allah? lahud din, making their deen sincere to him. And a deen over here means Ribada. That when they worship Allah they should worship him with sincerity. And secondly, Hunafah Wa and that they should establish the Salah and they should give the zakah Wadalika Dinul and that is the correct religion. Why is Imam Bukhari mentioning this verse over here? That when a person gives a zakat, then his deen is qayyimah. Then his deen is right, correct, and proper. Without zakat, the religion of a person is incomplete. It is not proper. So giving zakat is a part of deen qayyimah. Now, in this verse, one thing that must be understood is that a deen religion over here means ibadah, and that includes Every single command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Any amr, any command that Allah has given What is it? Doing it is an act of worship It is ibadah But how is a person required to perform ibadah? Two principles What are they? First of all, mukhlisina din, Mukhlisin, with ikhlas The opposite of that is shirk And secondly, as hunafa What does it mean by hunafa? Hmm? Hunafa, focus devout, right? And how can a person be truly devout when he performs his worship in the right way, in the best way? When he adopts the truth and he leaves all other ways. So in a way, this is teaching us that we have to adopt the way that the Prophet ﷺ demonstrated to us, that he showed to us and leave all other ways. Because that is the best way. So two conditions, two foundations of worship. What are they? Ikhlas and secondly, Following the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Haddathana Ismailu qala haddathani Malik ibn Anasin an ammihi abi suhail ibn Malikin an abihi annahu sami'a talhatabna ubaydillahi yaqulu, he said, who? Talha ibn Ubaydillahi, he said, that ja'a rajulun, a man came. To who? ila rasoolillahi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. To the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this man, he came from where? Min Ahli Najdin, from the people of Najd. Najd is an area. Just like Hijaz is an area, similarly Najd is also an area. It is said that Hijaz refers to the area where Ta'if, Medina, Makkah is. This entire area is known as Al-Hijaz. And Najd refers to the area of Tihama to Iraq. So a man came from the people of Najd. And this man he came while he was ثائر الرأسي. ثائر. Can anyone guess what the root of ثائر is? Sa Wa Ra. Saur. Okay? Tusiru Sara Yusiru. Asara Yusiru. Do you remember the meaning of Tusiru? Tusirul Harsa. To plough the land. Right? So Asara or Saur literally is to turn something about to Rouse something, to stir it up. So Thair, it was stirred up. It was messy. What was messy? Al Ras, his head. So he came while his hair was everywhere, turned up and down, messy. Why do you think he came in that condition? He was a traveler. He came from the people of Najd. So Thair Ras, yusma'u. It could be heard. Yusma'u, this is Majul. It could be heard. What could be heard? The Wii What is the We? The We is the echo. Sotihi of his voice. Meaning you could hear him talking. But walayuf kahu, it could not be understood ma what he was actually saying. Meaning you could hear that this man was talking, but you couldn't figure out what exactly he was saying. Hatta Dana until he came close. Who came close? The one who is narrating this hadith. Talha Ibn Ubaidullah. Because you see عَنْ عَمِّهِ أَبِي سُهَيْلِ بْنِ مَالِكٍ عَنْ أبيه. So he is the one who heard أَنَّهُ طلحة. So he heard Talha Narrating this And when he narrated it He said it in his own words So then Talha became in third person So حَتَّى دنا, Until he came close فَإِذَا هو, So there he was Who that man was from the people of yes Alu. He was asking عَنِ الْإِسْلَامِ About Islam So he was asking about Islam فَقَالَ Rasulullah, اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, He replied, خَمْسُ صَلَوَاتٍ خَمْسُ Five salawat prayers When? فِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَّيْلَةِ During the day and the night Meaning, as a Muslim, you are required to pray A total of five prayers in the night and the day فَقَالَ So he said, this man, he questioned هَلْ عَلَيَّةِ Hell, is there alayya upon me غيرها, other than it? Meaning, am I responsible? Am I required to do anything other than that? Meaning, am I required to pray any other prayers besides the five prayers? قال, he said, La no. إِلا except أن تطوع that you perform voluntarily. Meaning, you're required to perform the five prayers, but during the day, if you wish to perform any other prayer, yeah, go ahead. However, it's not mandatory. Now don't think that Eid is not mandatory and Jumar is not mandatory. We're talking about the five daily prayers. Meaning in a day, on a normal day, am I required to pray more than five prayers? No. Except if you wish to perform voluntary prayers. Then what happened? Qala Rasulullah اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَصِيَامُ رمضان And fasting in the month of Ramadan. Meaning that is also a part of Islam. Qala? This man asked, "هل عليّ غيره?" Am I supposed to fast more than that? قال لا. He said no. إلا أن تطوع. Unless if you do so voluntarily. قال he said. وذكر له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الزكاة. And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned to him, zakat that you have to give zakat as well. قال هل عليّ غيرها? He said, Is there upon me other than that? Am I required to give more charity besides that? قال لا. إلا أن تطوع. No. Unless if you do so voluntarily, qala he said فأدبر الرَّجُلُ so the man turned, meaning he went back. وهو while he was يقول he was saying والله by Allah لا أزيد I will not increase على هذا upon this ولا أنقص nor I will decrease. I will neither do more than this nor I will do less than this. Meaning. I will do exactly what I have been told. Not less, not more. قَالَ رَسُولَ الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, He said, Aflaha, He is successful in sadaqa If he has spoken the truth. Meaning if he actually does what he has said, meaning he performs all of these obligations, he does not decrease any, then he will definitely succeed. What do we learn from this hadith? That we see that there is a bare minimum that is required of a person in order to be a Muslim. In order for his Islam to be complete. A bare minimum. And what is that bare minimum? That he has to perform the obligations. Amongst the obligations are those that are mentioned in this hadith. However, beyond that a person can do how much ever he wants. Whatever his capacity is. Whatever he can afford. Whatever his time and situation allows. And whoever does more, he will get more. You see, this man, he came from the people of Najd and he's asking about Islam. And he's asking about what he's supposed to do. And the Prophet ﷺ tells him just the bare minimum. He doesn't say, well, you can also do this and this and this. And you should also do that because there's great ajr for it. He left it to him. There's encouragement there as well, isn't it? In the statement, Illa أَن Tatawar, There's a lot of encouragement. If you wish, you can do more. And the person says, yeah, why not? I'd like to. Because there are many ways of increasing. There's no limit to that. Isn't it? Like we learned earlier, that you get tired, but Allah does not get tired. So there's no limit to that. However, it teaches us a very important thing that when people are coming Islam, at the beginning especially, we should not overburden them. Because we are very excited. And we think that it's very important to perform certain actions. However, look at from the other person's angle as well. How much can they do? So give to the people what they can take everybody's level is different. But if a person has kept a fast in the month of Ramadan and he's done the bare minimum, it is acceptable. However, you can make your fasting even much better by reciting the Qur'an. One is a person who is fasting and he's reciting the Qur'an, praying, doing adhkar, making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another person is not doing that. However, is the fast of both people valid? Yes, it is. However, is their fast at the same level? It's not at the same level because iman increases and decreases. Everybody's level is different. But this hadith teaches us that there is a bare minimum requirement. And when a person fulfills that, then he is successful inshallah in the hereafter. But obviously his success will be according to what he has done. Just like we learned from another hadith that if a woman performs her obligations as dutiful, obedient to her husband, then she may enter paradise from whichever door she wants. But this doesn't mean that a woman should not bother praying sunnah and nafal and doing extra ibadah saying that, oh, I can enter paradise from wherever. I mean, how much ever you will do, that is what you will get in the hereafter. Okay, let's continue. Bab, ittiba al min minal-iman. Ittiba'u, following. Al-jana'iz, the funerals, it is minal-iman. This is also a part of iman. What does it mean by following a funeral? Going with it. Where? To the graveyard. Because the janazah, is it to be performed in the graveyard? No. When the janazah is performed, meaning when the prayer, Salatul Janazah is performed, then the body has to be taken to the graveyard. And then it has to be buried as well. So a person who goes and prays the janazah and then also takes the janazah to the graveyard, this action is also from Iman. Hadithana Ahmad ibn al-Manjufiyu Qala haddathana rawhun, Qala haddathana awfun, anil hassani, wa muhammadin, an Abihurayratah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, man ittabaa janazata muslimin. Man ittabaa, whoever follows janazata, the funeral, muslimin of a muslim. But how does he follow it? Imanan, with Iman, wa htisaban. And also with calculation, meaning expecting reward. Wakana And he is معه With him With who? With the Muslim who has died hatta until يُصَلَّىٰ عَلَيْهَا He is prayed upon Meaning his Salat al is performed He is there وَيَفْرُغَ مِنْ دَفْنِهَا And he يَفْرُغَ He becomes free من دَفْنِهَا From its burial Whose? ha refers to The Mayyid The person who has died فَإِنَّهُ Then indeed he Yarji'u, he will return minal ajri with ajr, that is biqirataini of two qirat. What is qirat? qirat is a certain weight. Okay, it's a certain weight. So he will return with the reward of double qirat. And how much is this qirat? كُلُّ qiratin, each qirat, مثل أحد, equal to Mount Uhud. So just imagine, a person who goes, performs the janazah, and then also goes to the graveyard and is present at the burial as well, then he will get the reward of how much? Double qirat. Each qirat, the weight of Mount Uhud. وَمَنْ صَلَّ عَلَيْهَا And whoever prays upon it, ثُمَّ رَجْعَ And he returns, قَبْلَ أَنْ تُدْفَنَ Before it is buried. فَإِنَّهُ then indeed he يَرْجِعُ He will return بِقِرَاطٍ only one قِرَاطٍ only one قِرَاطٍ. Who will get only one قِرَاطٍ? The one who only performs the janazah. And who will get double قِرَاطٍ? The one who goes for the burial as well. عُثْمَانُ الْمُؤَذِّنُ قَالَ حَدَثَنَا عُوفٌ عَنْ مُحَمَدٍ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ another chain. What does it show to us? That Part of Iman is that a person also shows kindness towards who? Those who have passed away. That he is also concerned for who? Those who have passed away. Because what's the point of going for janazah? Praying for them. And what's the point of going to the graveyard? That you have respect and care and concern for your Muslim brother or sister. This is why a person goes to the graveyard as well. So when a person does this, then this is a sign of his Iman. And such an action is greatly rewardable. However, this is only for who? Men. So we cannot go, but we can definitely tell our men to go. And remember, أَدَّالُّ al Khairi kafa'ilihi The one who leads to goodness is as though he has done it himself. That the person who has died, can he thank you for coming to his janazah? Can he thank you for praying for him? No. This shows love for Allah. Why is such a big reward? Maybe it's a reason because those people who are living, you expect something from them. That if you do good to them, maybe they would return something. But such a person, you don't expect, you can't expect anything. So mm-hmm. it means you're really doing such a big deal, it shows the level of your Iman as well. Yes. And every person cannot go for the burial <laughs> either. People don't have the confidence to see that. They don't have the heart to see that. They're afraid. They will perhaps go and sit outside the graveyard and they will not go inside it takes a lot of courage to go there and there's a lot of ibra in this as well when a person goes he learns many lessons which helps him to improve his ibadah and leave things that are wrong you can perform salatul janazah women can do that but not to the graveyard otherwise you can go I mean when the person has been buried you can go and pray for them but not that often I mean, it should not be a regular custom that a woman going every week or every month. Okay. We're not allowed to pray in the graveyard. You can make dua for the person over there. Can you recite Fatiha, Quran? Why? There has to be some kind of belief attached to it, right? Otherwise, why would a person sit by the grave and recite Quran? And doesn't seem that it would be appropriate because if a person is thinking that the person in the grave can listen to me, that's incorrect. Okay? I mean... If you want to do something good for the person who has passed away, you can do many things. You can give sadaqah on their behalf. You can do so many things on their behalf. And inshallah, the reward should go to them. And the best thing that you can do is pray for them. Make dua for their forgiveness because that is what they need the most. That is what they need the most, that you make dua for them. Quran, Khani? Is it okay to do that or not? That you recite the Quran and you pass on the reward to them I've heard both things, but the stronger thing that I've heard that has been emphasized more is that it is not correct because this is not something that was practiced by the Sahaba or the Prophet ﷺ or the righteous people of that time. I mean, we have been taught to make dua for them, not that we recite the Qur'an to them and parcel the reward. That doesn't happen. The reason why you should recite Qur'an is that you recite Qur'an, you're performing an act of worship. And when you perform an act of worship, if you make dua right after, there are greater chances that your dua will be accepted. So you should recite Quran with that intention. Not with the intention of passing the reward to them. Okay? Let's continue. Khawf al Mu'mini, The fear of the believer mean from أَن يَحْبَطَ عَمَلُهُ That his deeds are wasted. وَهُوَ لَا yashuru, And he does not even realize. The fear of the believer that his deeds may get wasted and he does not even realize. This is also A part of Iman. Belief requires that a person should remain between fear and hope. That a person should be afraid and at the same time he should be hopeful. The one who is afraid, will he become careful? Yes. And the one who is not afraid, the one who does not have this fear, then what will he do? Whatever he feels like doing. Thinking that all his actions are safe, secure, nothing can damage him, nothing can harm him. And when a person is not afraid of this danger, then there is a problem. Because it's the believer who has this fear. What does that mean? That a person who is deficient in his Iman does not have this fear. Fear that his deeds might get wasted. When the ayah Ya <laughs> Aswata وَلَا تَجْهَرُوا لَهُ بَعْضِكُمْ لِبَعْضِ أَنْ تَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ When this ayah was revealed, what does this ayah say? That lower your voices. Don't raise your voices before the Prophet Don't speak to him like you speak to others. Why? Lest your deeds may get wasted. When this verse was revealed, what happened to Thabit ibn Qais? Who had a loud voice. What happened to him? He was so afraid, he thought all of his deeds had been wasted. And he remained in his house weeping and crying. And he was afraid to even face people because he thought all of his deeds had been wasted. And the Prophet ﷺ inquired about him as to where he was. And when he was informed that this is why he's not coming, that he thinks all of his deeds have been wasted and he's ruined, the Prophet said, Hamidan, wa حَمِيدًا وَيُقْتَلُ wa Jannata." That rather, he will live, how? Hamidan, as someone who is praiseworthy. And he'll be killed as a martyr. And he did die as a martyr in the battle of Yamama. And he will enter Jannah. He was given good news. When? Because of the fear that he had. When a person is truthful, because he was very truthful, sincere in his realization, in his guilt. He really Honestly genuinely felt bad So when a person feels like this When he's honest Then Allah elevates him And when a person is afraid When he has that genuine fear Then Allah will also protect him When a person is genuinely afraid That his deeds might get wasted And he takes all of his deeds seriously Then Allah will also protect him So he was truthful And he was afraid And look at the reward that he was given The Prophet said That he will live as a praiseworthy person He will die as a martyr And he will enter Jannah What do we do? When we realize that we have done something wrong We give ourselves so many excuses So many reasons So many explanations And we think all of our deeds are safe and secure Nothing can damage them Nothing can happen to them He was a sahabi of the Prophet ﷺ Who prayed with him in the masjid Who did many things with him He saw him And imagine, he was afraid that his deeds had been wasted. We are nowhere near his level, but yet we think all our deeds are secure and safe and nothing can harm us. So this is why Imam Bukhari, he writes the separate Baab, that Khawful Mu'min, the sincere believer, he should be afraid, the true believer should be afraid that his deeds might get wasted and he does not even realize. What is it that wastes our deeds? What is it that corrupts them? You may have performed a lot of good deeds. We may have. However, what is it that can damage our good deeds? Riyah showing off. Similarly, backbiting, committing sins, kibr, pride, change of intention, jealousy, hypocrisy. And also, you see, the state of the heart constantly changes. It constantly changes. A person may be rightly guided, but his intention gets corrupt. He becomes greedy for dunya. And the person who was guided becomes misguided. What عليهم نبأ الذي آتيناه من آياتنا فانسلخ منها فاتبعه الشيطان فكان من فمثله كمثل الكلب إن تحمل عليه يلحس. And then يلحس. This person, Allah gave him his ayat, the knowledge of his verses. But then eventually what happened? He clung to the dunya ila al He clung to the dunya He became greedy for this world And the person who was guided He became misguided Allah says biha. Allah could have elevated him with the deen But he did not want the deen anymore He wanted dunya His focus shifted His heart got corrupted Idlal Misguidance this can also corrupt a person's deeds. And we should be very, very afraid of this. A person may appear to be very righteous. He may perform the deeds of a very righteous man, but he may end up in the fire of hell because of the last actions that he performs. Because of the things that he says at the end that waste his deeds. No person can say, that I will remain guided forever and I will remain like this forever because anything can happen in the future. Shaitan is after us. This dunya is full of tests and trials and temptations. Therefore, we must pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our iman, to protect our deeds. And this is what should keep us afraid all the time. And this fear should make us do more and should make us careful careful about what we say and careful about what we do and careful about how we look and how we behave and how we respond and how we deal with others. This fear should keep us straight. So خوف المؤمن أن يحبط عمله وهو لا يشعره. وقال إبراهيم التيمي and Ibrahim التيمي is one of the scholars. He said ما عرضت قولي على عملي إلا خشيت أن أكون مكذبا Ma Whenever I have presented qawli, my statements, ala amali, against my actions. Whenever I have presented my statements against my actions, meaning whenever I have compared what I say to what I do, khashitu. I am afraid that akuna mukaddiban, I would be a liar. That I am a liar. I am afraid. That whenever I compare my actions, my words to my actions, I would be a liar. Why? Because I say much and I do nothing. The words are so great, but the actions are so minimal. They are so less. They are so small. On the zahir, there is an image of piety. On the zahir, there is an image of righteousness. But in reality, I know about what I do and what I don't do. This was the humility Of the people of the past. They knew that their words could never match their actions. And we think righteousness is all about our words. What we say. That if I can quote a hadith. If I can quote a verse of the Quran. I'm so righteous. I'm so knowledgeable. Okay, you can quote it. But what about our actions? If we honestly compare what we say to what we do. Where do we stand? Or do we give ourselves excuses? وقال, and he said, "Who said, Ibn Abi Muleikat? Ibn Abi Muleikat. He said, Adraktu. I have met. I have met who? Thalathina min ashab Nabi Salallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I have met at least thirty companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And kulluhum, every single one of them, yaqafun nifaqah, He would fear hypocrisy ala nafsihi upon himself." He feared hypocrisy for himself. Ma minhum Ahadun. There was not even one of them yaqulu who would say that Innahu ala imani Jibril, that he is on the iman of Jibril, that his iman is the same as that of Jibril wa Mikail and the iman of Mikail. He said, I have met over, I have met thirty companions, and each one of them was afraid of becoming, of being a hypocrite and not even one claimed that his iman was perfect his iman was like that of the angels and we see that even umar radhiyallahu anhu even he was afraid of hypocrisy he went and asked hudayfa ibn yanah radhiyallahu anhu that tell me is my name in the list of the munafiqeen that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam shared with you just imagine umar radhiyallahu anhu he was so careful he was so afraid that perhaps i am a hypocrite what if i am We know our actions. We know the state of our hearts. Yet we think we are perfectly safe and sound. They were the companions and they were afraid. Not even one claimed that his iman was perfect. And if we are told, why don't you do this? Or why are you not doing this? We get offended. You think I'm not religious? You think I'm not sincere? You think I'm not pious? The one who is truly religious and pious will never say that he is. He will never praise himself. He will never boast about his religiosity. And the person who is not actually like that, he will make such claims. The companions never made such claims that my iman is perfect. Rather they were afraid. They remained in that fear. وَيَذْكُرُ عَنِ الْحَسَنِ And it has been mentioned from Al-Hasan. Al-Hasan, Al-Basri. That مَا خَافَهُ إِلَّا مُؤْمِنٌ None fears it except a believer. Fears what? That his deeds may be wasted. Wala aminahu, And none feels secure from it illa munafiq, Except a hypocrite. Who is afraid that his deeds might get wasted? The believer. And who feels secure that his deeds will never be wasted? He is the munafiq. This is what Hassan al-Basri said. So in this is, Warning against not fearing and an encouragement to fear nifaq for oneself. And a person can only be like this when he constantly analyzes his actions, his behavior, his words. And if a person does not look at himself with the magnifying glass, then he is in trouble. We look at other people, analyzing them, but we don't look at ourselves. And then Imam Bukhari said that wama يُحْذَرُوا وَمَا This is عَطْف with the chapter heading. With the name of the Bab, that Bab, Khawfil Mu'mini min أن يحبط wa wa la yashur, and then also, wa ma yuhdaru, and also that yuhdaru, he should be cautious of, meaning a person should be cautious of what? Min al Israr, of Israr, persisting on what? Alan Nifaqi, on Nifaq, wal and disobedience. Min غير توبة. without Tawbah, meaning a person should be afraid of persisting on sin and Nifaq. Without doing tawbah. Meaning, it's okay that a person... It's normal that a person commits an error. He commits a ma'asiyah. Because everyone from among the children of Adam, who are they? Khatta'un, right? They commit errors. So committing error is normal. However, persisting on it, that is something that is not acceptable. Persisting on it is something that is not acceptable. And... Especially when a person realizes Once a person realizes That I have this fault in me Then he should not persist on that sin But unfortunately it's as though we have The license to commit a particular sin That it's okay for us Or we have a, an approval That it's okay for us We are permitted As if we have a permit What permit do we have? Because we give ourselves excuses No, it's different in my situation It's different in my situation No No Whatever is wrong is wrong. And you cannot do it, especially when you realize. And why should a person not persist? Because of the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَمْ يُصِرّوا عَلَىٰ مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they do not persist on what they do while they know. Meaning they don't persist on wrongdoing while they know that it is wrong. If a person does not know, he does it out of forgetfulness. That is something different. But once a person realizes, then he must change his ways. And if he doesn't, then there is a problem. He said, Zubayd, he said, I asked Abu Wa'il about the Murji'ah. Who are the Murji'ah? Those people who claim that everybody's Iman is the same. And you see, when they said that everybody's Iman is the same, this is when Ibn Abu Mulaika, he said that I have met 30 companions and not even one of them said that my iman is like that of Jibreel and Mikael. So he asked about the murji'ah, haddathani Abdullah, he said that Abdullah narrated to me and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, muslimi, insulting a Muslim is fusuqun, it is a sin. وقتاله, and his qital, meaning fighting a believer, what is it? Kufrun. What kind of kufr is this? Minor or major? If a person fights another believer, does he become a kafir? No, because Allah called them believers. Right? So, this is minor kufr. So mujah say that everybody's iman is the same, and your your deeds they don't increase your iman, and your sins they don't decrease your iman. So the Prophet ﷺ said, no, Sibabul Muslimi If you insult a Muslim your words, will they have an effect on your Iman? Yes. A person becomes a fasiq then. And if a person commits qital, action, will that affect his Iman? Of course. He's committing kufr. Now why is this hadith mentioned over here? The murji'ah did not fear that anything would affect their Iman. And this is what they say, that nothing can affect your Iman. You say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. As long as you believe in your heart that Allah is your Lord and the Day of Judgment is coming and you believe that the angels are there and the prophets were sent and the books were sent and that there is divine decree, you're fine. Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. You're okay. But what does this hadith tell us? That your actions and your words impact your iman. A sincere believer knows that. And because of that, he's afraid. That he might say something, he might do something that will waste his deeds. So you understand the connection here. The believer is afraid. What he will say, what he will do will affect his deeds. It might waste them. But they said, you don't need to have this fear. But the hadith shows to us and the verses and the statements also that were mentioned above, they show to us that a person must have this fear. Okay. Inshallah we will end over here because the following hadith require a bit of explanation. Inshallah we will conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, nashadwa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa